0: Welcome everyone to the Football Observer. I'm your host Ramin Nagy and today I'm joined by Jimmy from We Ain't Got No History. Jimmy, how are you?
1: Hi, Ramin. I'm fine, thanks. You?
0: Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, How was your weekend, by the way? It
1: was fantastic. Lovely. Long weekend with lots of football. I mean, it can't be any
0: better. Yeah, I know, and you know it's a bit weird when you've got when when you get into football mode now every weekend, and right now for next week the international break comes up, and it's it's a bit infuriating to be honest. Uh, long long
1: debate, of course, been there for years. Well, I mean, now with the nations league, it's changing up a bit, but that doesn't make it.
0: No, less yeah, no.
1: annoying, I agree
0: <laughs> It is annoying, especially this early on I mean, sure, when you have it in the middle of the season sometime, but I, I I, just don't see why it has to be this early on
1: Definitely, I mean, it also More or less Breaks up the Any momentum that one has built up mm. I mean, there are lots of Teams that have been winning On the winning streak I mean, in the Premier League, they have top three at the moment. They've won all four games. And of course, the international break can can very much disrupt that. And also, if there are any injuries, that's always a big gamble.
0: Yeah, it is. And I love how you just slipped in the top three there without mentioning that Chelsea are one of them. <laughs> uh, no, they, I mean, I didn't see when the ch- game against Bournemouth. Uh, no, not Bournemouth. Was it against Bournemouth? It was yeah, a against yeah. Bournemouth, yes. Yeah, yeah, I was watching Everton Huddersfield, and Huddersfield also had, you know, red-black stripes for some reason. So during yeah. periods of the game, I would think to myself that Everton are facing Bournemouth. Nah. So, yeah, well, that's why that's why I got that confused.
1: <laughs> In, yeah. it, it was uh, a great weekend uh, from a Chelsea perspective. Once again, I tried to stay humble. That's why I didn't mention them straight away, nah, but it nah. was a great win. Bournemouth is a good side, I mean, despite losing, they're in sixth still, so that's a, a pretty good, decent start for Bournemouth, I mean, they have a great manager in Eddie Howe, uh, he's now the longest serving manager in the Premier League, which is quite remarkable, I must say, um, I mean, hes I think he's even the youngest as well, so it's, it's good times for Bournemouth despite the loss yesterday.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, well, we can start with the Chelsea game. Let's get into it. Uh, what did you think of it? I mean, from a tactical tactical point of view and how the game developed and why it was uh, 0-0 for really such a long period of time during the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you it just on paper, one can draw a lot of parallels between the Newcastle game and the Bournemouth game uh, in regard to it being for a long long time for the most stages of the game scoreless draw and at some point then a goal went in and then a second or in case of uh, the Newcastle game a third also followed the key difference however uh, on Saturday was that in contrast to the game a week ago Chelsea actually was able to create a lot of chances they passed it quicker I mean still not Fully up to speed, which we would like to uh, then see uh, ultimately, but nevertheless, it was quicker, it was more decisive. We had quite a few chances. We said, Wow, okay, we could have scored there, which was lacking mm-hmm. against Newcastle. So we can see, once again, as from a Chelsea perspective, one week's gone by again, we've actually gotten better. We've uh, improved in our attacking department. I mean, one more thought that Bournemouth which is known to be very expansive despite their their uh, level in the Premier League mm-hmm. they don't normally defend in masses at uh, at the back which they nevertheless did and we broke them down in great style, Pedro came on and he scored despite I mean it was because of the deflection, but nevertheless a great goal. He, he took the shot, which is still have been is still quite a problem for Chelsea, that there are too little people that, uh, or players that take the shot. But it was a great win. Eden Hazard uh, scored from open play, and it seems as if Chelsea's really uh, moving up a notch and is getting better and better.
0: I know it might be early to say but do you see Chelsea challenging for the title
1: um there have been calls of uh I mean one could say a bit uh, in, in 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 tongue- in cheek yeah we're going to win the league but no no I don't not this year when one has to be uh that realistic Chelsea will be in the top four I was very um worried at the start of the season but this Um, This start has shown that the players are adjusting to the system quicker than the players at Napoli did. So that can, of course, be because of uh, the level of our players, which makes it even more exciting to see how Star will improve the players we have even more. Um, But it's just been a great start. I mean, we're still getting used to this new philosophy, this new brand of football and we're winning it's it's, it's fantastic and uh, I nevertheless wouldn't say that we're going to win a league it's going to be between Manchester City and Liverpool that's the only realistic thing one can say as a Chelsea uh, fan anything else will be a lie but maybe I'm too pessimistic some might say but I I, I think we'll be in the top four this is a year of transition uh, and If we're lucky, then we're going to avoid this scrap for top four like uh, Arsenal and Manchester United. Maybe even Tottenham will have Mm. to face.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I get why you're being realistic and not, you know, trying to sky-high Chelsea's title hopes. But if you look at it on the paper, it's going to be... City Liverpool eventually battling it out and I do see a third team in there and that would be Chelsea in that case I mean mm. so I think there's a chance that uh, we'll see how the season develops it's still extremely early on and historically when you look at some results from early on in the season uh, they don't really tell you that much about what's going to happen later on in the season they really don't so mm. it's still very early on but we'll see and What's gonna be key is, for instance, the winter break. How they'll cope with having the Europa League at the same time, because I do expect Chelsea to go far in that tournament. And when they do go far, you're gonna gonna start having start to have to rotate a bit. Maybe I don't know. It depends on how they do in the cups, well. But so, yeah. And other than that, like you said, of course, they need to be extremely happy that they've. Been able to adjust to a new system while winning. I mean, as we've seen with Everton and Arsenal, that hasn't been the case for them. So yeah, you guys are, uh, luck, quote unquote, lucky in that sense, I guess.
1: Well, the luck of the draw wasn't this necessarily. Like, I mean, we're facing uh, Liverpool away in the League Cup, so that will actually give a first indication of uh, how how far uh, behind we are, or out on par, it depends, mm-hmm. uh, with the big boys, and the big boys being Manchester City and Liverpool. I mean, I hate to say it, but Liverpool are the ones to beat, despite not having played against the sternness of opposition, but mm-hmm. still, they, 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 they've had uh, a great start as well. I mean, considering that Alisson, of course, had a complete howler, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but that was no, ridiculous. Hard. Yeah, I
0: yeah <laughs> it was ridiculous and it was a bit un- uncharacteristic I mean uh, from what I followed him last season in Roma I mean he was so comfortable with his feet he, that's basically what he's known for besides his shot-stopping ability how mm. comfortable he is with his feet and his techniques so it was a bit uncharacteristic although I I do think it's a one-off thing I don't I don't think he'll make that mistake again
1: Well I mean I'd expect him to make mistakes. Maybe not the exact same. He might not replicate that. But, I mean, he's in a new league, nevertheless, despite this huge price Mm -hmm. tag that he has. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. No no, uh, arguing there. Uh, Though, of course, in the Serie A, uh, arguably, play is a bit slower. It's more tactically Mm -hmm. versed. In... I mean, this this current season in the Premier League, there are more and more teams which are starting to implement a high press, a
0: mm-hmm.
1: just pressing, and this, of course, can play uh, a huge role.
0: Yeah, it can, and um, of course, it can. I mean, we've seen there are a lot of coaches nowadays in the Premier League that like to play it from the back. Marcus Silva, eh, Emery, of course. So, I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, I think these teams are intentionally trying to go, you know, let's not let them get their play going. Let's pressure them, stress them, don't let their system f- start flowing yet. So, yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence in any way, no.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, as you said, the Europa League, or the Champions League, for those mm-hmm. lucky to be in it, um, is coming, and while Of course, and this is this is key not only for Chelsea but also for Arsenal, uh, as Bernie didn't make it unfortunately. Um, In the Europa League group stages, we're going to places which are not as well known. There are lots of Chelsea fans who have never heard of the teams we're facing. If you're, you know, uh, you look, uh, you watch a lot of football, you might know the one or the other. Bata Borisov, for example, one of the Chelsea's group Mm -hmm. stage opponents has been in the Champions League several times they're like they've won the their National League the Domestic League 12 times in a row so they're not no pushovers from where they're from um, but of course Chelsea and Arsenal can afford to rotate a lot mm-hmm. uh, and, and without exaggeration here, theoretically if Chelsea were to field a B team with lots of youth it should uh, be no problem beating Vidyotan mm-hmm. uh, from Hungary butter Borisov and Payok. Same for Arsenal, who do have mm-hmm. a stern uh, opponent in the form of uh, Sporting Lisbon, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, they, of sporting. course, lost a lot of their players. So yeah. it shouldn't be too problematic. While Spurs, for example, they have a very tough mm. uh, Champions League group. And, um, I mean, United might also have a very tough Champions League group. I mean, with Ronaldo coming back to Old Trafford, that'll be interesting. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, Manchester City does have a quite an easy uh, schedule. Liverpool doesn't have the easiest of schedules either. So, I mean, this might actually be a bonus for Chelsea and also Arsenal, while they get used to this new system, can afford to rotate a lot in the European leagues and also in the domestic leagues. Um For example, in Chelsea's position, if they do get kicked out to Liverpool in the League Cup, that's one uh, competition less that they will have to focus on. Of course, one wants to get all the silver where one can, but we have to be realistic as Chelsea fans and concentrate on getting top four, maybe a huge run in the Europa League or the FA Cup, but I've never really rated the League Cup too much. If one wins it, great, fantastic, but if one gets eliminated, well, whatever that, yeah. must, mm-hmm. I, I must say yeah.
0: exactly. I wouldn't go as far
1: as calling it Mickey Mouse Cup, that's very derogatory but uh, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, yeah. getting kicked out of it.
0: Yeah, no, you're right you're definitely right, and I think most uh, people who support the top six in the Premier League would would agree with you on that statement whereas the League Cup it's, it's there, if we win it great, but if not, uh, who cares yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you there uh, we can, uh, We'll take the Champions League And Europa League groups later uh, But mm. Liverpool, they won this weekend We mentioned the game Leicester had away They started off well Created chances But really after the after Alisson's mistake uh, It was starting to be a bit shaky From what I could see Of course I had mm. uh, So, uh, I don't know What are your thoughts? I mean Ooh, in a way, it's uh, uncharacteristic of them to be shaky because they've looked comfortable almost all the year, if you ask me.
1: Well, the thing is, um, what I mean, since Leicester won the league, we at the latest, we all know that there are no pushovers. They are one of those teams where, no, if you have to go to Leicester, they can always go and nick uh, uh, some points off you whether you're Chelsea, Liverpool, or even Manchester City, they just have it in the locker to be really, really good. I know they lost Riyad Mares. He was a fantastic player for them, brilliant on his day. But they got some great acquisitions as replacements. And it also showed Liverpool, they had less of the ball. Overall, if I'm not mistaken, Leicester had like 52% possession. Mm-hmm. So they, they were also... More successful in their passing, they were very combative. They put in loads of tackles. They uh, were they they equaled them in shots as well, if not more. So Leicester actually, after of course uh, uh, having that goal that which went in by Gazal, um, they went on a frenzy and they really did pre- uh, put on pressure on Liverpool and. and it does show that Liverpool, despite their uh, great transfer window and fantastic uh, roster, they can be beaten. Um, it's not not undoable. Salah was pretty anonymous, and their midfield. Um, I'm not quite sure where Fabinho has been. He hasn't featured at all yet. He wasn't even on the bench. And I don't really rate Henderson. W- Wijnaldum can be really good, or he can be very very average. Milner's remarkably still a great guy but you know he can't do it all by himself so if you want to beat liverpool then you want to really dominate that midfield and try and go at the defense their yeah, defense has been uh, improved vastly with van dyke and robertson who's had a great see- last season but they're still able to do mistakes and that's where you get them because the worst thing that you can do is invite pressure against that team if you just sit back against that Liverpool team, you will succumb to their to mm-hmm. that frenzy. That Mane, Firmino and Salah are just that good.
0: Yeah, they are. I don't know, it'll be interesting to see them develop overseas. Of course, uh, we know very well that they're good against teams that like to keep possession. Uh, we saw it against, uh, for instance, Real in the first 30 minutes of the Champions League final. But... Uh, in the second half, really, as soon as Real Madrid got a hold of the midfield, they were the better team, and that's definitely a way to look at it, we're, to basically say, if we control the midfield against Liverpool, we can beat them, they're beatable, they're not unbeatable, whereas some might even say Manchester City are uh, unbeatable by other teams besides Liverpool, ironically. But speaking of Manchester City, uh, I didn't see the game, but the result kind of... Surprised me. It only ended two one. It was a bit touch and go there for a moment, but as soon as Walker scored two one, it was pretty safe, right? Or am I wrong? Did you Did you even catch the game? Maybe. I
1: I caught only the first half. Uh, I wasn't able to catch the second half. Just uh, been preoccupied, but it was um it was interesting. Um, Manchester City had a fantastic start to the season. They were brilliant last year and nevertheless they are still for me the main contenders for that title but Newcastle United uh, we already spoke a bit about it last time um, as they had faced Chelsea they are very compact defensively um, they put in a huge amount of tackles they won lots of uh, aerial duels they they really did Defend well, um, despite those two two goals. I mean, the Sterling's goal was just class, and Walker's was just a great shot. I mean, I think the goalkeeper uh, was his sight was impeded. He, he I think, he, was, he wouldn't be able to uh, save that anyway. But generally, it was same old for Manchester City. They dominated possession, um, like. Nearly 80%, if I'm not mistaken. I, I said I'm not sure anymore. It was just very one sided in that first half. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was weird. Uh, Newcastle did equalise um, and went in with a draw to in, in uh, half time. But it was like one. They had one chance they used it. So I'd say it's the same for Manchester City. If you want to beat this team, then you have to try and keep up with them. If you, if you try and invite the pressure, as Newcastle did, they defended well, but at some point they'll concede. Because they have just the individual quality in that team that they will break down your defence at some point, as same as for Liverpool. And your only chance of really winning a game against them is by trying to play the football, try to press, try to uh, be brave, take on shots, take on the man, and g- go forward in numbers. Chelsea failed to do that in the community shield, and they succumbed to the... Mm, mm, with, you know, they, they, they got absolutely, absolutely <laughs> hammered. Uh, so that's the only chance of really beating these teams and as we have got teams in the league which have these new managers which play a very attacking brand of football i think that it won't be as clear cut for manchester city this year as it was last year because everyone wants to beat the champions that's the next thing and um we'll have to wait and see but they're still the prime favorite they're the favorites to win this i I mean how, how do you see that
0: uh, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. The only thing that kind of might... It's its a bit, to put it simply, but... Uh, of course, they won the Premier League last year, uh, dominated the entire league, basically. Uh, as you said, I don't see them dominating as much, but I do see them winning it. The only question, really, for them is, uh, as soon as the Champions League... I mean, they're going to advance from their group, seeming as they didn't get that out of a group. So... Depends on later in the knockout stages of the Champions League. Around that time, I think that's gonna define if they win the league or not. Because if they go up against tough teams and they have tough games in the league at mm. the same time, I think that's kind of define. That's going to define how they do in the league and vice versa in the Champions League. So, uh, yeah, I I agree with most of what you said, but yeah, I think their season will be defined around. Uh, March, April, somewhere, and seeming as now, I think they actually have a challenger, whereas last season they didn't. They have Liverpool as a challenger, and yeah. Chelsea as a dark horse, if you will. So I think it will be harder for them to win the win the league this year. Absolutely. Now, uh, mm. we talked mm. about uh, we haven't talked about Arsenal yet, and I watched this game at work today. It was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, Mustafi scored 1-0 for them and then right at the end of the first half Cardiff equalised 1-1 Aubameyang made it 2-1 in the second half then 2-2 and then late on in the game about 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago or something like that Lacazette made it 3-2 they got away with the three points at Cardiff what did you think of the game if now you indeed did catch it?
1: um, Yeah, I, I did it, the thing is it's it's like uh,
0: two worlds with
1: Arsenal. Um, they are of course still getting used to um, this new philosophy of football with Emery, but one does get the sense that they're gradually getting into this uh, and taking to this new, new this new style. Um, they dominated possession, which one would expect. I mean Cardiff. If there's one team which I'd uh, bet my money on uh, finishing at the Bottom of the Premier League, then it's Cardiff, and I, I don't really like Neil Warnock. Uh, normally they are well at defending; they do well at defending. But of course, if you go up against uh, top six opposition, then it will be tough for them. And I would see them as the prime candidates to to go down. But going back to Arsenal, um, they dominate possession. They they are great at passing. Uh, their attack is really at, at the top level in the Premier League. I'd, I dare to say Lacazette and Baming are fantastic. Bamiyan just scored a great goal, so did Lacazette. Uh, Emery's finally starting Lacazette. Arsenal fans have been calling for this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's doing well. They're linking up well. And Ramsey was pretty decent as well. Jacque uh, is... Nothing, but yeah. he can pass. And yeah. uh, There were also fa- Arsenal fans which were lamenting him for not tracking back, and uh, I think he even lost possession at once or yeah. twice. Yeah. Uh, their defence is ridiculous. Now, that is. is the crux. If they are to do anything this season, then they have to fix that defence. We already said it last week, and it just doesn't change. Um. They have been absolutely woeful at the back, and despite Mustafi having a great header to uh, to, to open the scoring, he's just not good. I, I, I don't see Mustafi as a great defender. Socrates is slow. He, there's a reason why Dortmund didn't want him. I saw him quite often uh, last season, and they Dortmund was very wise to sell Socrates and Bellerin, Great going forward, but terrible. Defending. Monreal is their only real good defender. And they didn't address this in the summer, and they'll be struggling. I do believe they will struggle. Um, my prediction was from the start when we had important predictions in Wayne Gotten history, um, they're not going to make in the top six, and I stand by that.
0: All right. Well, it's definitely an interesting take, but um, if we look, uh, first of all, let's look into midfield. Shaka now, uh, I believe. Terreira has been good uh, every time he's come on I mean, so I'd start him That would be the first thing i change for, from now I'd take out Chaka. I'd put in terreira And he was obviously great uh, at Sampdoria last season So I'd start him The defense, it's a bit hard You kind of have to do with what you have And like you said, their defenders are not top-notch Besides Nacho Monreal Perrin is great going forward but really, unless you're on a Marcelo level, you can't really cope as a wing-back by just being good forward and not backwards, uh, unlike, uh, unless you're like Marcelo, like I just said. So, yeah, it's the defensive individual quality they have to figure out, I think. They can figure out the collective in it, but uh, might not be enough. And to me, what Arsenal have to do, they need to get... They need to basically do what Liverpool did in the January window. They got Van Dijk, stabilized that defense, rock solid almost. That's what Arsenal need to do. They need to go out on the market in January and they need to splash the cash on a defender, which uh, we talked about this last week too. I don't think they will because Kroenke doesn't seem to want to splash the cash. And to me, that's, that's a bit ludicrous. I mean, if you want this club to be successful, if you want to make money with this club, make more money, if you want to if you want more exposure as a brand, you're going to have to splash the cash on a defender in this case and stabilize that defense so your team will do better, so your team can get to the Champions League and get that European TV money, and so on, and maybe even win the Europa League. But unless that... Excuse me. I don't see that happening. I don't see them getting a defender. Well...
1: Uh, just because you mentioned that with the, the money, um, actually, from a financial point of view, they don't even have to make the top four, in theory, for San Kroenken to make enough money. He doesn't care. As long as they are competing, the people are going to the games, the TV money itself is m- even more lucrative than the Champions League mm-hmm. it's in yes. some respects nowadays. So it's like, just stay competitive, make the fans pay for for merchandise, for uh, going to the games for the tickets, and try and stay in those top six. You know, Europa League doesn't pay as well as the Champions League, of course, but it still does bring in some millions. And they pay just like, how was it, 50 mil for five players, something like that, which... Chelsea or Manchester City played for one player. So as long as they just uh, are in this period of austerity, I think the 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 board uh, board level they're fine with that, and that won't change. It's absolutely astonishing that nobody in that executive level in mm. their hierarchy looked at their defence and said, "Hey, we could actually improve there." It's ridiculous because yeah, the it's, midfield. It's
0: absolutely baffling.
1: In, in the midfield with Torreira and Gunduzi, if I pronounce them correctly, actually, I mean, Gunduzi was a wild card anyway, but Terrera, that defensive midfield that pivots uh, position the play of what they bought there, that's been, the Arsenal fans have been crying for that for years. So it took them years to mm. finally acquire that play of what that they needed. And I agree with you. Uh, it's ludicrous that they are not starting Terrera. I get that they want to you know, uh, give Gunduzi the the minutes because he's been good up until now. But if you want to win stuff, you have to start your best players. And I do rate Torreira higher than Gunduzi, and he's been great every time he's come on. Um, I I don't get it. But you know, if Emery has a plan, one has to trust him. That's it's just this project that he's. Uh, got in his head, and Arsenal fans will just have to trust him, which I do believe that many are. And they have won two of the last four, which is not bad. I mean, you know, they're back to winning ways. They've uh, finally won away from home, which they haven't done, I think, since 2017. No, they, so, won,
0: they won actually one game last season. The last game of the season, I believe it was.
1: Right. Just one, though.
0: It's just one, so I get your point. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. So uh, the point stands that it's just uh, the way record has been absolutely an abomination, yeah, an absolute abomination, and they, they, they have to do something there, and they did. So, I mean, it's only Cardiff, but you can only beat the opposition that's in front of you. So they did that, and kudos to them. Yeah, I mean it's the same with with Manchester United. If we want to continue with them, yeah, yeah. Uh, they That's they cool. played
0: Burnley today,
1: and yeah, I mean, did, did you
0: catch the game? I uh, saw so first half at work. Zero uh, two, Lukaku scoring two goals, and then excuse me, and then Rashford got a red card. I believe I missed that part of the game, but they still won two nil. Uh, did you catch it? Yeah, I did.
1: Uh, it's well, the thing is uh, with um, Manchester United. People are coming and saying, oh, they won against Burnley 2-0. They're, they're out of the woods. Uh, it's all going to get better now. I honestly don't think so. Burnley has been pretty bad this season. Uh, I think the European football, sorry, uh, the qualifications in the Europa League, it's been taking its toll on them. It's always been Thursdays, just directly before the, the weekend. Um, it's been tough for them the players have barely had barely any uh, rest so they don't have the squad depth to compensate for that so man united winning against this burnley side despite sean dyke being a great coach uh for that level at least um it means nothing lukaku fluffed quite a few chances again i mean he sanchez was poor until he uh, had that assist um their defence is always going to be you know, huge question marks over them I mean, I, 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 I honestly if you have a centre-back pairing you know, for example as Madridster now if your centre-back pairing at Madrid was Christoph, uh, Chris Smalling <laughs> and Victor Lindelof would you have any confidence in that team? No, I wouldn't I really wouldn't And that's the case yeah, I mean, they have individual quality with Pogba and Lukaku and Sanchez unquestionable Shaw's been great um, but that is not a team where I say, Oof, I, I, don't want them, I don't want to. I don't want to go a against them. There are only two or three teams where I say I really don't want to play against them. That's City, Liverpool, and Tottenham, mm. and maybe even Arsenal because they were our boogie team for the last two years. But Manchester United, no, and they are. They do have these stars, these old stars. Mourinho wanted to bring in quite a few other old people, uh, old people, sorry, stupid <laughs> uh, William, that he wanted experience to finally get that uh, title, which he needs to deliver this season. This is his make or break season. And the thing is, then you have uh, players which are talented like Rashford, no question about it, but they're just still young Bartley, in fairness, should have been sent off. He started this, but Rashford just got sucked into that. And was it a red card? I I believe one can say it was a red card, one can argument that it was, but Bartley should have been sent off as well in that case. Mm. And he only got a yellow card, so, well, I think it was Jonathan Moss, the ref. doesn't surprise me. The the refereeing standard has been atrocious this weekend again. Yeah, it's, nothing's changed. Uh, it was... Um, oh, wait, wait.
0: Dude, you, you, you didn't see the Betis Sevilla derby, did you? No, no, I uh, didn't Alright, so it, so, so, it's weird. They have four, you know, and... So, uh, Betis' goalkeeper, Paul Lopez, uh, had the ball. He grabbed it, you know. And then Rocky Mesa, Sevilla player, who already had a yellow card, tried to, you know, block it. It's sort of like Benzema did in the Champions League final. So, Rocky Mesa goes and tries to block it. Paul Lopez... While trying to throw the ball, smashes Rocky Mesa, uh, as Rocky Mesa throws himself in front of him to block the throw-in, he smashes him on his neck, Rocky Mesa is the one that got the second yellow and a red card, despite them having this technology to use to make right calls, they made a blatant, blatant wrong call that evidently uh, evidently, evidently, decided the game that these went on to score and win 1-0, so it is just atrocious, it's... This refereeing, and you're really in Premier League and La Liga still worries me, despite La Liga, you know, of course, having VAR. I mean, why do you have VAR when you can't even call a red card or a second yellow card uh, rightfully? It just, just baffles me. And it's as Calvin said, will the Premier League referees benefit from having VAR, or will it even make them worse? I don't know. What's your take on the refereeing situation if we just go back into it a bit here? Well,
1: um, do you mean now refereeing? Uh, or overall, or do you mean the VAR? Premier League, Premier
0: League and VAR, okay. let's go there.
1: Okay, um, well, as mentioned last time, there's a reason why, Let, let's start like this, there's a reason why there was no English referee w- that went yeah. to the third mm-hmm. cup. Um, the only referee where I'd say he's okay, he's not bad, that's Mike Olive, and even him is, and even he is not the best referee, but he's nevertheless the best ref we have in the Premier League. Then you have others like Bobby Madley who's thankfully finally uh, retired from uh, refereeing. You have people like Lee Mason who's just crap. Uh, utter crap. You, you have Mike Dean who's more concentrated than Mike Dean than on refereeing. Mm-hmm. And it, the list goes on. The FA doesn't do anything against it because the country shall stay. Um, I can't really say much on the La Liga refereeing standard, but it's generally been the case that VAR is supposed to come in and Mm. make things better. The thing is, I still believe it will do so, but the thing is these referees, I mean, it's not only that we as fans and the players have to get used to VAR, it's the same for the referees. So, I think we have to, it has to get worse before it can get better. And they'll learn. I hope they'll learn, at least outside of England. I'm not so sure about the English referees, but you'd expect them to do so. And in time, they will then hopefully make better calls. I'm not sure whether it will happen anytime soon, but you'd hope for it to happen uh, ASAP because there, there are games which are just suffering from bad calls to spite, this VAR. And we already saw it at the World Cup that you could see it. I mean, as a fan, you could see it, and they nevertheless made the wrong call. It's baffling. But maybe then one needs a a second opinion that, I I don't know, that the referee can be uh, challenged by the video referee. I'm not sure. I I don't know. I'm I'm not a referee. But what one can say for sure is that the – Individual associations have to really get their shit together. I'm sorry, excuse my yeah, language, no, no. but they it's have true. to really have a look into this and be decisive.
0: Yeah, I agree if with you. If the
1: referee cocks things up, then they have to take action, uh, relegate him to the to the championship yeah. for a few weeks. Or give him a last warning, whatever. But they are not. They are just defending the referees as they should. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there is a lot of criticism We say that's not, that's uncalled for, and they are only humans, well, I get that. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: if they, const- on a constant basis, fudge things up, then action has to be taken. And the FA, the English FA, does not do that. And that is something which has been... A problem for many years now, and we can only hope that at some point they say, Okay, well, we have to do something and change Mm -hmm. this, change our ways. And I'd hope for La Liga that it's the same, although, Mm -hmm. as said, I'm not too. um, Yeah. Well, I mean, well.
0: I'm an advocate for VOR. I think I'll help La Liga in many ways. It has, in some ways, already. The only thing that kind of bugs me is when you see a situation like today, a red card that was. That was very, very questionable. Why not use VAR for that to, you know, ensure your, your call, to make sure you made the right call? I mean, it just baffles me. The technology is there. Use it for as, if you have 1% of a doubt, if it was a red card or a goal or offside or not, use VAR to just, be sure to make the right call. That's the yeah. only thing that bugs me. Anyways, uh, of course, Watford, uh, moving up to the Premier League, and uh, Watford won uh, against Tottenham today, 2-1. Watford, fourth straight victory. Today was their big test. They're facing Manchester United uh, after an international break, but as of now, they have 12 out of 12 points, and Tottenham, of course, lost them today. Did you catch the game?
1: Yes, I did. Um, I watched it parallel with the Manchester United game, and... Um, While the United game was of more personal interest to me, I did uh, notice that the Tottenham-Watford game was very scrappy in that first half. It was a lot of uh, sloppy passing, uh, not really pressing chances which were created. It it was... I wouldn't say it was dull. It was still very intense, that game, but it it wasn't... um, as good as these teams could have been, the, sorry, the goal which Tottenham scored was very scrappy. Uh, it was a known an goal, and to be honest, I'm not sure how Mora. I think it was the Mora who got the Tottenham touch before he went in uh, from a Watford player. Um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that he knew how it actually landed in the net. But the thing is... That doesn't matter. It's all about the points. And what one must say to Walford and what uh, Garcia, the new coach, has really implemented there is this never give up attitude.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they really came back from the dead. It was pretty similar goals. I mean, Troy Deeney, who had had a great chance before but fluffed it. He took his 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 chance brilliantly. He is their captain. He is a fantastic striker. For Watford at least. I'm not sure he'd be uh, the, as good at other clubs or at a, at a higher standard uh, where a higher standard is wanted. But Pereira was fantastic, if you ask me. Um, Capu was out to prove a point against his former employers. Mm-hmm. And Holebus uh, is like, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually in Europe
0: uh, got the most goals and assists at all. At the might, might be correct. Uh, might very well be correct, actually. I don't know.
1: It's 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 ridiculous because you know Halabis. What I can't remember what fans uh, blasting him last season because he has his uh, uh, restrictions. He's he's not very good defensively because he is one of those defenders that loves to go up the pitch. But he he's he's playing well at the moment and he's been fantastic. He uh, took both corners. And assisted, and they they ended in the goal. Uh, I must honestly say, this is the same problem again. If you want to beat Tottenham, try and take the game to them. Uh, It's not easy against Tottenham, as it will be against maybe Arsenal, who have clear deficiencies in defence and so on. But uh, because Tottenham is a far more... um, it's got far more balance. It's a far more Mm -hmm. balanced squad. Um, And they, of course, despite not having bought anyone, they just work together. They've had a a full year of playing the system, or even more, actually, two or three years, is what I'm I'm saying. They've Mm -hmm. had loads of time to get used to it. Mora's playing pretty well. They've got Kane, that's a game changer, it's simple as. Um, They're always uh, to be reckoned with. I mean, what... I'm not sure what was with um, Loris. Uh, I'm not. I didn't oh, ca- yeah. quite so, catch that. So
0: it was he drunk driving, from what I understand. Yeah. And Pochettino sort of had to make a statement to show authority and to show that if right. that that is not allowed from one of my players. I don't care if you're the captain. You're getting dropped when you do something so stupid. Which. You know, it's right. I agree with Pochettino 100%. Oh, yeah. You can't. You can't be drunk driving, especially not when you're a famous goalkeeper where, you know, you have millions, well, not millions, but, but you know, a lot of people looking, a lot of kids looking up to you and you do something so stupid. I mean, mm. come on, what are you doing? So, yeah, that was completely right right on Pochettino's part to you know, drop him. But uh, continue. Go on about the Tottenham and Watford game.
1: Yeah, no. Now, um, of course, uh, I had read read that, but I, I had completely forgotten that, uh, of course, action will be taken. Um, that, of course, makes uh, sense why Vaughn was included, but uh, coming back to the game itself, um, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic win for Watford, and Garcia's uh, just being tremendous, and I do believe that due to uh, them not having the greatest squad depth, uh, it will... Come to a point where they might hit a rough patch, uh, and I, uh, you know, I, I don't think they'll be staying in the top four. I mean, of course, but oh, of course, I don't, I don't want to sound condescending, but you know, with all due yeah, respect no, no, to what no, one would expect them yeah. to uh, gradually fall out of the top four, but still be in the top half of the Premier League. They've been the, um, well, the the. the uh, Team that's been, uh, you know, the surprise team of of the season up until then, uh, now because they had they also have a new uh, new manager. They've got a few new players in, um, and they're playing well and they're playing pretty good football as well. I must yeah. say, uh, it was also great to see uh, Nathaniel Chalobah returning from oh, yeah. a pretty horrible injury. So that was great to see him mm, back in yeah. a Watford shirt. And yeah, I, I I honestly think that they're going to do well this uh, this season.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, well it's gonna be interesting to see them against United. If they win that game, which is very possible if you ask me, it's at home for Watford, then you know, that's gonna be a huge boost for them too, you know. Is is that the next one then? Yeah, after the international break. So All that's right, gonna be. It's, uh, just uh, to clarify too. It's Tottenham versus Liverpool at the new Spurs Stadium. So that's also gonna be a very interesting game to look uh, to look at. Wow! Uh, City Fulham yeah. as well. It's gonna be a packed weekend. So yeah, no, it'll be fun. But uh, of course, we just got to get through this horrific, horrendous international break. Oh, <laughs> oh. alright. Anyways, moving on through the Champions League. Of course, Champions League. Croatia place. We can start with the English teams' groups and. Uh, um, Group B, and boy, oh boy, is this going to be a huge, huge group of death, if you will. FC Barcelona, Inter, Tottenham Hotspurs, PSV Eindhoven. So, your thoughts on this group and predictions on who you think will go through? Well, um, I mean,
1: I'd actually say that, as you already mentioned, that, that group, of course, is one of the most interesting ones. Uh, to watch, but there, there are a few. Uh, group A, fantastic group. Group B, mm-hmm. fantastic group. I mean, Group A with Atletico, Dortmund, Monaco. Yeah. Those are three great teams. will be interesting to see who then drops into the Europa League. Uh, group B with Barcelona, Tottenham, and finally into Milan again. I mean, they are a very traditional club, and yeah. it's great to see them back.
0: Uh, PSV, Eindhoven, they can always uh, frustrate uh, Yeah, um, and and just let me add here, the new Champions League system, yeah. I mm. mean when I looked at the sheet of teams that were in the Champions League, I was like yeah, this is the way the Champions League is supposed to be, like the best teams the familiar teams, the more familiar names, you have Ajax, PSV Benfica, just seeing these teams in it kind of, you know, makes it a bit more fun, especially the group stage and this new system has kind of made the group stage get a wee bit more prestige. And of course, make it a wee bit harder for some teams. So yeah, just let me clarify, I, I love this new system. I absolutely adore it. This is the way the Champions League is supposed to be, not... To have, uh, excuse me if I'm being disrespectful, but, you know, unknown, more unknown teams in the groups and having easier groups because that, in my opinion, over the past few years have kind of neglected the prestige of the group stage. So, yeah, but, yeah, go on about the groups and Inter mm. and so on. Well, the, 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 the downside, of course, to it is that they're now planning a
1: third European mm. competition, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, it's enough with the Champions League and the former UEFA Cup, but, okay, but that's that's something for a later date. But coming back to the groups, um, I think it will be very interesting to see also the groups which doesn't have uh, don't have these um, well, how shall I say these uh, well-known names in them. For example, Group D, you have Lokomotiv oh. Moscow, Porto, Schalke, Galatasaray. It doesn't sound very um, tempting initially, but I honestly I, I am a bit of a Schalke enthusiast. So that's why yeah. I, it will be interesting to see because it's a very balanced group. Uh, are any of those four teams could go on to, into the knockout yeah, stages could. if you ask me. Yeah? yeah, that is also what the Champions League should be about. Exactly. These are nevertheless winners. I mean, uh, Galer at Tassaray won the the, the, domestic t- the domestic title. Same for Porto and Locke Moscow. Uh, Schalke coming through, uh, I think they were third, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so th- this is, this is, these are great teams, and it, it'll, it'll be great to see. It's the same with, um, uh, which one was it? Um, uh, Group H with, I mean, Juventus, Manchester United, Valencia. These yeah. are also three teams where you say, wow, well, yeah. any one of them could, I mean, Juventus, of course, the yeah. clear favorite, but Manchester United, Valencia. Any of the two could happen. Yeah, uh, it's it's great to see that there are in nearly all groups one, two, three. Mm. It could all happen,
0: and Definitely. the only
1: group where you'd say okay it's pretty obvious is Group G. Your really? group was yeah. Real Madrid oh, and Roma.
0: Ooh, lucky us. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: no, 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 you know, it, 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 it's, you don't want to say anything against. It. I mean, they. Madrid will have a hard time initially so maybe that's good for them to be in a easier
0: group and may I clarify, uh, last season we had Dortmund and Tottenham in the group we got PSG in the round of 16 Mm -hmm. we got in the quarter finals who did we get? Oh, God, Juventus in the quarterfinals, FC Bayern Munich in the semifinals. I can't recall a team having a harder path towards the Champions League final than Real had last season. So. Oh, I agree, yeah. So I'll take this group with open arms. And, uh, you know, when I tweeted out about the groups on my private account, my friend kind of, you know, knocked on me. Oh, yeah, your group, haha, rigged. And then I kind of mentioned to him the 17-18 season we had. And then he said, oh, name one more year. And then I kind of told him the 16-17 season, which was also a hard path towards the final where we had Napoli, yeah. Bayern, Athletic. So, yeah, I'm taking this group with open arms. I'm I'm welcoming the, this group. So, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> as you said, if you look at all the groups, the majority of them, you have, yeah, the Juventus one. Juventus will probably make it. but uh, And then you have United and Valencia. They can both make it. City's group, group F. You have City, who will advance. I mean, let's be honest. And then you have Shakhtar, Lyon, and Hoffenheim. So, it's pretty open hmm. for the second place. FC Bayern Munich's group, group E. You have Ajax, Ike, Athens, Benfica. Yeah. I, uh, it's gonna be between Ajax and Benfica, but Athens, I mean, they can be a dark horse. We've seen teams like them go through before. Group D, which is up in the air. Anyone can advance. And Group C, which is my personal favorite, really. It's Paris Saint-Germain, Napoli, Liverpool, and Red Star Belgrade. Red Star Belgrade, of course, because of historic and um, historic bias, they've won the Champions League once. Good to have them back in that case. And then you have three teams, all can go in advance, all of them can come third as well. I personally think PSG and Liverpool that will advance, but I don't think it's out of the question that Napoli would Ancelotti advance too. I don't know. What do you think uh, regarding Group C? Well, the thing is... Um, Paris Saint-Germain and Napoli
1: in the past couple of years, they've had great teams and they still do have good teams, no question about it. But Napoli, I don't know if you caught the 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 end result of the game yeah, against I did, Sampdoria I did 3-0, 3-0. they 3-0. got thrashed they got absolutely thrashed mm. and Napoli uh, is having a hard time adjusting to the post sari era and Angelotti is a great coach but the thing is the same with Mourinho and with uh, other coaches that have been in the in the the business for a long time he's having a hard time to adjust to these new new te- tactics to these new uh, coach methods and uh, new coaches. And the thing is, Napoli is used to pressing, you know, having a high line. Uh, the defenders, they're playing a, a certain way and that's not how Ancelotti plays. They have the tools to play sorry ball, but they they will need quite some time to get used to a more pragmatic approach as Ancelotti uh, likes to employ so I honestly think that Napoli will uh, come out as third although the same goes for Paris I honestly don't rate Tuchel, there are so many people Mm -hmm. that wanted him to come to uh, Chelsea, Uh, I know also that a lot of Arsenal fans have been crying for Tuchel to come for quite a long time And I think there were even Manchester United fans uh, a few years back who were saying, oh, Tuchel's the real deal. The thing is, um, Tuchel is a manager that wants complete control. He wants to be able to do everything. That isn't possible at Paris Mm Saint-Germain. I do think that he'll have trouble with that uh, hierarchy there who are very imposing themselves. And, And this is even more important, Paris Saint-Germain, their squad, I don't know if you looked at their roster, it's really not that good. They have Neymar and they have Mbappe and they are, of course, their crown jewels, they they are fantastic, no question about it. But otherwise, um, their defence isn't as good as it used to be. I mean, Thiago Silva, he's not getting any Mm -hmm. younger. On the left, they, they got Bernard from Bayern, but he was always just... Uh, squad depth. Cosava isn't really good. He isn't rated by many. They've got Tilo Kera in from Schalke, who is a very promising young centre back, but that's about it. Kembempa is also very promising. Marquinhos is the only real senior defender, who, also only 24 years, that one can say he's top quality. Goalkeeping position, Ariola isn't of the highest bracket. Buffon, Buffon is 40 years old. Yeah, which is uh, it's problematic.
0: It is. And And
1: the the central midfield isn't that good either, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it'll be interesting. We'll see what will happen, and we'll cover these teams more in depth as the Champions League season starts and goes on. But as for now, let's focus on the English teams. Which English teams Hmm. do you see advancing, and which one or ones do you see already getting eliminated in the group stage? Well, um...
1: To be honest, you'd expect Tottenham to advance in their group B. I mean, Inter Milan and PSV and will be very uh, big tests for them, Um, especially away in in Milan. It won't be easy. Uh, I'm sure there will be quite a few Spurs fans which will fondly remember their win against Milan, uh, against Inter. uh, Oh, yeah, the Gareth Bale. Ten years back, exactly, the The, the Gareth Gareth. Bale show. Um, (laughs) So, you know... You'd nevertheless less expect them to go through. The same is for Manchester City. I think that's a pretty obvious yeah, one. Yeah, that's a lot. Um,
0: Liverpool, it's hard. Group. Liverpool,
1: I'd actually think I, I, it's a very hard group on paper because you know I don't want to go to Belgrade either. To be honest, I mm-hmm. mean, the thing is, as long as Liverpool isn't complacent and they don't get quite a few injuries to key players, I honestly think that they will top that group. They're better than PSG. They're better than Napoli, especially in the condition both teams are at the moment. They, I know Paris has won all of their games up until now in the league, uh, but you know.
0: Yeah, some, we uh, we don't need to go into that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but I get your so, point. Uh, the only question, the, thing, uh, the only big question mark, and the English team I see kind of coming third is Manchester United. Actually, I Valencia, I believe they can beat them. I don't know what do you think. Well. Mourinho is notoriously
1: well-known for being, you know, a Champions League guy. He's won it with uh, two different teams. Yeah, and he's always uh, gotten to very late stages with his teams normally. I mean, last year was pretty bad against... uh, Sevilla. I think it was Sevilla. Sevilla. But, um, you know, before that, he won the Europa League. I mean, I know many say it's a crap competition. A lot of our fans from Chelsea... It's so, not a crap competition. I mean. I'd rather not be. be in. I
0: wouldn't be. Rather not be in it. I don't agree. I think it's a European yeah, cup, and you want to win it, right? Yeah, and the prestige mm, and in the tournament yeah. has has kind of risen after Sevilla won it three times, and when oh, they yeah. impl- when they implemented that, you know, winner goes directly into the Champions League. So exactly, yeah. If my team was in it, I'd want them to win it. And if it came down in the later stages of the season, where you're kind of flourishing around fifth, four, and you're also in the semi final of the Europa League. I think, you know, put your best team in the semi final game and go all for the Europa League. Uh, Because it's not only a trophy, Mm. it's not only a trophy, but you have a direct spot into the tournament, into, yeah, the Champions League. So, this, this crap tournament, quote unquote, thing, I don't see where it's coming from. I mean, It's the teams in it. There are a lot of teams in it that are going to want to win it. And, of course, the teams. that. And if you look at the Champions League groups, we're going to have good teams finishing third. So it's going to even make it more competitive in the knockout stages. So it's going to be an extremely fun Europa League. So, yeah, I agree with you there 100%.
1: So the thing is, I've got a feeling that Manchester United is going to end up second in that group. I think Valencia won't, but just narrowly, not make it to the group stages, because Mourinho just still has it in his locker to grind out results to get into that uh, Mm. round of uh, 16. Mm. The thing is, I don't think it'll be... They won't get into the quarterfinals. I think it'll be just that. Um, But, you know, if there's any team where I'd say... They might not make it, then it is still united, no doubt. Um, Tottenham, I just can't imagine they're not making the group. Liverpool and Manchester City will top it, if you ask me. And yeah, that that, that would be my prediction.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we call it in?
1: Um, Champions League wise, no. But I I just want to say that I definitely agree with you about the Europa League uh, season this year being. Pretty exciting, because if you think about it, last year was won by Atletico Madrid. I mean, have, They've have been in the final of the Champions League several times in the last few years. So I, can, I would just like to encourage everyone to watch the Europa League, because yeah. there are mm-hmm. also quite a few crackers. Uh,
0: yeah, some certainly. fantastic games this year. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and some under-the-radar players to, you know, kind of discover, and just so you know, we'll be yeah. trying to cover the Europa League as well, and not just the Champions League here yeah. on our podcast, so yeah. Uh, but before we wrap it up here, Jimmy, can you tell us um, what your role is going to be on the show coming forth? Yes, sir. Uh, well, I... Uh, we, we've,
1: we've had a talk ramen and me, mm-hmm. and we've come uh, to the conclusion it would be great if we'd work together, so... In the future of the Football Observer, uh, I will be featuring on more podcasts than uh, maybe other contributors, for example, from SB Nation Mm -hmm. have uh, done up until now. And I'll try and uh, contribute as well as I can to getting this podcast up and running and more well-known and entertaining people and making them – feel, ah, this is a great podcast, and ah, yeah, I can empathize with that, and just generally, and this is the most important thing, talk about football.
0: Absolutely, and we've got lots of content coming up, we've got one or two more shows after this to do as well, and of course, Champions League kicking off, be sure to stay tuned for that, our deep dive series kicking off, where we'll go in a bit deeper into a Certain historical season of a club, Real Madrid 2006-07 is looking to be the first show we deep dive. Matt Wiltz from Managing Madrid is looking to join me for that show. Hopefully we'll have it out by international break. Uh, So yeah, definitely be sure to stay tuned. Got lots of interesting stuff coming up and guests as well. And Jimmy, of course, somewhat being of a somewhat regular on the show, is going to be extremely fun having you on. So, yeah, everyone was. So, just before I definitely call it in here, tell us where we can find you on Twitter and where we can find We Ain't Got No History.
1: Yes, so uh, you can find me on Twitter, on my handle, Jimmy Funnel, with double N and double L1. And of course, We Ain't Got No History at uh, We Ain't Got No History underscore CFC uh, on the SB Nation. Uh, blog site and uh, yeah, come by visit us. Uh, it's always great to also have people comment and read our articles that aren't necessarily Chelsea fans, but of course, all the Chelsea family is welcome. And yeah, just to finally say this, um, thanks of course for the opportunity. No, no you're welcome coming, definitely. Thanks for being here uh, yeah. uh, for today, but also for the future and. Uh, to it being a great partnership, or you know, uh, yeah, yeah, no, or, definitely,
0: yeah. yeah, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. And well, uh, just regarding iTunes, we have submitted our podcast, podcast to iTunes, and it should be up and going anytime. So yeah, oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, because I know a lot of people like to listen the iTunes, so it'll be definitely be up on there. As soon as for now, you can always listen via the SoundCloud app or soundcloud.com. You can follow us on Twitter at footballobserve2. That's football-o-b-s-e-r-v-2. As for now, I'm your host, Ramin Nagy, calling it in.